Good morning, friends. I want to say welcome to Vernonia Church and our online teaching time. My name is Sam. I'm the pastor here at Vernonia Church, and today we're doing something a little different. Every year, this time of year, we have in our town the Vernonia Friendship Jamboree Days, and it goes from Friday till Sunday. There will be all kinds of stuff going on. There will be booths and vendors, and there will be a parade, and then there will be a a logging show. We're a logging community, so there will be like logging contests and, and logging show, and there's all kinds of fun stuff that happens at the Jamboree. And so every year, one of the things that we do as a church is we do a motorcycle Sunday on this day. The reason is, is because we have a lot of out-of-town motorcyclists that come in, and we have a lot of people in our church that love uh, motorcycle riding and and dirt bike riding, and so we kind of make a day out of it where all weekend long we'll partner up with the Christian Motorcycle Association uh, with a couple of chapters. One of them specifically is the Wheels of Grace out of Canby, Oregon, and we we will partner up. We'll put a tent. We'll have a booth over where all the vendors are, where we where we pass out Bibles. We give out water and free coffee, and we'll pass out tracks, and we'll do bike blessings, and we'll pray for people and talk with people. And it's sort of like an evangelistic weekend. All weekend long, we invite people to come to church. And then at in-person church, we will have motorcycles everywhere because we invite people to bring their motorcycles to church and we'll actually bring them into the church and we'll have motorcycles all around the room as we have our worship service on this Sunday and so it's fun it's going to be great and one of the things I did this year is I wanted to bring a special guest to share with us Uh, his name is Terry Boland. Now, I first met Terry Boland at Ozark Christian College. He was one of the professors there when I was a student. And one thing I noticed is that Terry Boland's voice booms and and is as big as his biceps. I mean, he is a big dude. He obviously lifts weights and loves to lift weights, but he also has a big love for motorcycles, also loves to ride to Sturgis. He, he loves to to ride around on his Harley and and he just is he just is a motorcycle enthusiast and so I asked him if he would share with us today a message one that would be powerful one that would be a blessing to us as we did our motorcycle Sunday and he was enthusiastic about doing that and so uh, I'd love to have you really just dive in and lean in to the message that God might have for you this morning. Uh, Before we do anything, though, I mean, I want to encourage you to do all the things we're supposed to do with social media and with with messages and channels that we're we're following. I want to encourage you, if you haven't done so already, make sure that you like the Vernonia Christian page on Facebook. Make sure that you're subscribing either to the YouTube or, or on your podcast podcasts and, and on your Spotify, I want to make sure that you're hitting the, the like, the subscribe, and the uh, sub-notification bell. I mean, do all that stuff, right, that we're supposed to do. Also, I want to encourage you that if you hear something today that's a blessing to you, be sure to send a private message and share it with someone who is who, who is family or who are friends that, that might be blessed by what we what we do today. Um, Okay, I got all that stuff out of the way. 
Uh, it's important stuff. But I also want to encourage you, if you today have prayer requests or want to take some next steps, be sure to hit you, the link below that goes to our connection card. It will open up another window, and uh, you can fill out that connection card and let us know how we can be praying for you, how we can be a blessing to you. And so be sure to be doing that as well. Let me pray today as Terry Boland is going to come, and he's going to share a message, a powerful message about the language of victory. And I, I, I just can't wait for you to hear what Terry has to say today. And I can't wait to hear what God has to say through him to all of us today. So let's pray together. Father in heaven, we want to ask that you would open our ears and open our minds and open our hearts to the victory that Jesus Christ offers to the victory, God, that you bring to the table when it comes to our walk with you and our, our faith in you. God, I pray that you will help us know victory in Christ, that you will help us take a hold of the victory that is in Christ, and that, God, you will speak to each one of us and show us where, where we can know victory in you. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Everybody at home said, Amen. All right, I'd love to introduce you to Terry Boland. Hi, my name is Terry Boland. I'm professor of New Testament Christian ministry here at Ozark Christian College in Joplin, Missouri. And uh, I want to thank Sam for asking me to bring a message to you today uh, on a very important topic. And he said there might actually be motorcyclists in the uh, sanctuary uh, the Sunday that they show this sermon. And so I took advantage of that. Uh, to wear one of my Harley shirts. I've ridden motorcycles for over uh, 50 years and have uh, close to a quarter of a million miles uh, on uh, two wheels under, uh, under my saddle. And uh, thankful to be able to be with you today. Uh, I want to play a little game with you, uh, even though I'm not there, uh, to be able to judge this. I'm going I'm to toss out some names of some sports figures. And uh, I want you to uh, see if you can guess the sport that this particular the, the names go along with. So are we ready? Okay, well, here, we'll start with a couple of easy ones. We'll lump, lump these guys together. Uh, Carson Wentz and Nick Foles. Anybody know what, uh, what sport? If you said... Football, that is absolutely correct. And in fact, in 2017, uh, both of them were quarterbacks for the Philadelphia Eagles uh, when the Eagles went to the Super Bowl and uh, won, the, uh, won the championship. So that was pretty easy. Let's, uh, let's go to another name. Here, here's another name. Sports figure, are you ready? Clayton Kershaw. Ready? Okay, I'm going to stick another uh, another name in there with him. Uh, same sport, maybe it'll help you. Uh, and the name is Mariano Rivera, both those guys. What sport? Well, if you know anything about baseball, you would have guessed baseball because that's what they're famous for. Uh, let's uh, let's uh, make it a little harder, all right? Uh, a little bit tougher, and uh, maybe with some gals here. Uh, you might recognize this sports figure's name. Uh, here it is, Gabby Douglas. Any, any guesses uh, on her? 
Well, if you guessed gymnastics, you're correct, because uh, Gabby Douglas won the uh, Olympic gold medal for uh, all-around gymnastics in 2012 and uh, won a gold medal in the team competition in uh, 2016, one of the great gymnasts of our day. Well, uh, here's, here's another name. This is a blast from the past. Are, are you ready? <laughs> George Foreman. <laughs> and if some of you said, oh, yeah, he's famous in the sport of grilling. Well, no, he's, uh, that, he does sell grills, but uh, many of you would remember that George Foreman was boxing heavyweight champion of the world. In fact, the oldest man ever to win the heavyweight championship uh, in, in boxing. All right, now one last, one last name and we'll, we'll move on. Uh, here's a name that's famous in two sports. See if you can get both the sports. And it is a kind of a blast from the past and a little bit on into the present. And here, here's the name, Joe Gibbs. Joe Gibbs. Now some of you say, oh, wasn't he a football coach? Yes, he was a football coach. Uh, for the uh, Washington Redskins, Super Bowl winning football coach, and also owner of a NASCAR, a championship NASCAR team. So lots of different names, lots of different sports. Now, here, here's the big question. Do you know every name that I just mentioned, all of those names and all those different sports, they all have one thing in common. Do you know what it is? The answer is they are all committed Christians. All committed Christians. <laughs> uh, Nick Foles uh, plans on going into the Christian ministry, become a preacher after he retires from the NFL. Carson Wentz <laughs> uh, married a, uh, a girl that had attended here at Ozark Christian College, and they met one another on a mission trip in Puerto Rico. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, one of the great pitchers uh, of, our, uh, of our generation as a committed Christian. Mariano Rivera, uh, probably the greatest relief pitcher in the history of baseball. Every game under his Yankees uniform, he had a, a, a T-shirt with a passage of scripture written on it. And every game when he was done, most of the time after saving uh, a game, he's in the locker room taking off his Yankee jersey and underneath is a t-shirt that read, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. <laughs> Gabby Douglas uh, was very famous for uh, being vocal about her faith in Christ. George Foreman was a preacher for a little while after he retired from boxing. And Joe Gibbs uh, is uh, well known in his uh, faithful witness to the cause of Christ. And I, I've thought about that through the years. Why do athletes in particular so often gravitate toward Christianity? How many of us have seen a baseball player hit a home run when he crosses home plate? He points at his heart and he points to the sky. Or uh, a football player who scores a touchdown and then uh, points to his heart and points up to the Lord, helping everyone recognize that they recognize that their talent, skills, abilities, and the glory needs to go to God. Now, there are rascals out there in the sporting world, and of course, they get a lot of press as well. But uh, in my mind, an inordinate number 
of athletes seem to be very committed Christians. I ask myself, I wonder why? And I think one of the answers is, is that athletes and Christians really speak the same language. (laughs) When you use words like commitment, (laughs) sacrifice, discipline, you're you're not just talking about what it uh, takes to be uh, an athlete that can perform at a high level. You're talking about the necessary traits for living the Christian life. And so today, I've got a, a pretty easy and simple sermon. I have three words that are part of the language of victory, as I call it. Uh, Three words that talk about three traits that you need to be a success in the world of athletics or you need to be a success in the world of business or you need to be a success in the world of walking faithfully as a servant of Jesus Christ. That they apply to any world that you want to live in. So I'm going to share three words. I'm going to share an attending passage of scripture from the Bible that goes along with each of those words, tell a few stories, and we'll be done. doesn't get much easier than that. So what are these three words? What are these three traits and characteristics? Well, well here's the first one. Are you ready? Uh, here's the word, excellence, excellence. And here's the passage of Scripture from Colossians, the third chapter, verses 23 and the beginning of 24. passage of Scripture says, Whatever you do, Work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Uh, I'm a fan of uh, the old NBA. and One of my favorite old NBA players was, uh, was a fellow by the name of Larry Bird. Played for most of his career for the Boston Celtics. Uh, Larry Bird did not have great physical skills. He was never the fastest guy on the basketball court. He he probably had the least amount of jumping ability of anybody that's ever played in the NBA. I think he was six foot uh, seven or eight or nine, and uh, I think he only dunked the basketball once or twice in his entire NBA career. Couldn't get up there in the stratosphere, but he had basketball smarts, and he worked hard, and he, he knew the game inside and out, and he knew his opponent's game inside and out. There's a story of him uh, playing in a game uh, with the Boston Celtics. It's late in the game. The Celtics were down by one point, and uh, Coach Casey Jones called timeout, brought the players over. There's only a couple of seconds left. How are we going to get the final shot to win the game? And Casey Jones is drawing up the play on his whiteboard, and uh, Larry Bird interrupted the coach and said, Coach, here's what we're going to do. We're going to inbound the ball to me. All the guys are going to get on one side of the court. You're going to leave me alone on the other side of the court, and I'm going to drive in and win the game. <laughs> and, and Coach Casey Jones said, Larry, I'm the coach here. I'm the guy that will draw up the plays. And so uh, Larry said, okay, coach, draw up the play. And so the coach got his whiteboard out. He says, okay, guys, we're going to inbound the ball to Larry. All you guys are going to get on one side of the court. Larry's going to be by himself on the other side of the court. He's going to drive in and win the game. (laughs) Now, not too many NBA players could get away with being so bold in calling his own play. 
But the coach knew that of all the guys that were standing on the court that day, both for the Celtics and for the opposing team, that the guy that knew the most about basketball and the most about the opponents and the most about what it would take to win that game was Larry Bird. In the face of excellence, people stand up and take notice. Now, I want to read that passage of Scripture again. Paul writes to the church at Colossae in the book of Colossians in our New Testament. And he has these words to say. Did you catch them? Here they are. Whatever you do. Did you hear that? Let me read it again. Whatever you do. Whatever you do. Do it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Wow. You understand what Paul's telling the Christians in his day and telling us right here today? He's saying, whatever, you, whatever you're doing, if you're, a, if you're a doctor doing brain surgery, do it with all of your heart as unto the Lord. If, you, if, you're, if you're a guy working on the highway, holding the sign, Paul's saying, do it with all of your heart to the best of your ability as if you were doing it for Jesus himself. In fact, in the, the original language the New Testament's written in, it's, it's even a little stronger than that. Now, the NIV translates this from the original Greek, whatever you do, do it with all of your heart. But the word heart does not occur in uh, the original language of this verse. Literally, this verse says, whatever you do, do it. In Greek, it's ek suke, which ek is out of, and suke is the Greek word for soul. <laughs> so Paul is saying, whatever you do in life, whatever you put your hand to do, do it out of the soul as if you were doing it for God himself. We live in an age of rampant mediocrity in which many people are taught if the boss isn't looking, do whatever you want because when the cat's away, the mice will play. But Paul says, not so for the Christian. Not so for the Christian. Whatever we're doing, whether it's uh, fixing a motorcycle for a buddy in your garage, whether you're going to work to a job you haven't liked in 15 years and uh, you're too, you're too, you're too uh, old to start over again, you're too young yet to retire, whatever you're doing, do it out of the soul as if for the Lord. And when people begin to live lives like that, in their everyday lives, in whatever you do, other people around that live in the land of mediocrity will begin to notice. And they'll say, why are you so concerned about that? The boss isn't here. Then we have a chance to bear testimony. Our lives are an act of worship before God. And whether I'm screwing in a light bulb or preaching a sermon or, or taking care of my children, at whatever point in time I find myself, in whatever job I find myself doing, it is what the Lord has given me to do in that moment 
and ultimately I'm doing it for him. If you want to speak the language of victory and be a winner in life, you're going to have to learn that word, excellence. Now, here's, here's another word. You ready for it? <laughs> Not a very popular word today. Here's the word, holiness. Holiness. <laughs> wow, you're not probably not going to find Jimmy uh, uh, Fallon and uh, Stephen Colbert talking about that on the late shows tonight. Uh, probably uh, you're not going to hear this conversation in a local high school. Uh, a young high school lad uh, walks up to a young lovely girl and says, Hey, Betty, would you like to go out with me Friday night? Uh, Betty says, well, cool, what are, what are we going to do? And the young lad says, well, we're going to go out and be holy. Woohoo! Well, uh, that, uh, <laughs> that's probably not going to be a conversation that you hear very often in uh, today's world. And so uh, what is this holiness? Well, here's an attending verse. It's a passage for Christians. The text says, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. Many people in today's world don't really have a firm grasp on what holiness is. Literally speaking in scripture, the word holy or holiness means to be set apart, to be separated from everything that's common and, uh, and, uh, non-perfect. To be holy is to be separated and set apart for a special, special purpose. And so God is holy. He is separate and set apart from all the rest of creations. Why you don't uh, see God waving at you on your way to work. He is holy. He is set apart from the sinful world that is all around us. <laughs> um, Back before uh, my uh, children were born, of course, they're all grown and I have grandchildren now, but I remember our first daughter, uh, Crystal. Uh, before she was born, my wife used to collect these little figurines and uh, little crystal bells, and she'd have them on the shelves, uh, low shelves, medium shelves all around the house. And, uh, they brought her enjoyment, and I'm glad uh, that she collected them. And, but then we had a baby. For the first, you know, four or five months or so, the baby's not very mobile. But uh, one day the baby starts rolling over and then starts pulling themselves along and then starts crawling. And once the baby started crawling, then something had to be done. And my wife picked up all those uh, special figurines and all those delicate little uh, things of hers. And you know what she did? She made them holy. <laughs> She set them apart where they couldn't be broken and tarnished by uh, little hands. That's the concept of holiness. The Bible uses the term holy in, in two different ways. First is when a person comes to Christ and accepts Christ as Lord and Savior and receives the gift of salvation, God takes us out of the world of sin and sadness and he makes us holy. He places us in his kingdom, the church, 
bound for eternity. Sins are forgiven. The Holy Spirit comes and lives within us. We are special and set apart from the rest of the world that doesn't know the things and the blessings of God. That's one way the New Testament uses the term holy. Here's the other way the New Testament uses the term holy. When God takes us out of the world and places us in his kingdom, when we accept Christ and are saved, then we begin to take the things of God that we find in scripture and we set them apart in our lives as the traits and characteristics that begin to define our thoughts and our actions. God makes us holy by placing us in his kingdom and then we ever continually become holy as the things of God begin to become commonplace in our lives. And that's a lifelong growing experience. The world really doesn't know how to handle people that take holiness seriously. Would you remember this name from sports world? Oral Hershiser. Yes, he was a famous pitcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers between 1983 and 1994. 1988 was his very best year. He was also the National League uh, Championship Series Most Valuable Player and the World Series Most Valuable Player. In the World Series, he pitched games one and three. He recorded a save in game four. And in the final game, game seven, he started as the starting pitcher and pitched a complete game shutout to win the World Series for the Dodgers. Well, back in those days, if you did something like that, you normally got invited to uh, come on uh, the Tonight Show with uh, then-host Johnny Carson. And I remember Johnny having Oral Hershiser on as the uh, World Series winner. And he, uh, he asked uh, Oral a question. He says, I was watching that seventh game, and when you went back out to the field in the ninth inning to close out the game, when you were warming up, throwing your warm-up pitches for that last inning, uh, they had a close-up on you, and it looked like you were talking to yourself. <laughs> well, what were you doing out there, talking to yourself? And Oral Hershiser says, well, I actually wasn't talking to myself. I was, I was singing. And uh, Johnny said, wow, it must have been quite a song. You uh, shut him out there in the ninth inning and uh, won the World Series. Uh, what were you singing? We'd like to hear it, wouldn't we? And they, the audience uh, started cheering, yeah, we'd like to hear it. And so Oral Hershiser said, well, okay, here it is. Are you ready? And there on the uh, Tonight Show, he sang. Here's what I was singing. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above, ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And he even threw in the Amen. <laughs> wow. What do you do with that? Johnny Carson cut to a commercial. You see, the, the godless world in which we live really doesn't know what to do when they come face to face 
with someone who's actually concerned about holiness. And so, here is our, uh, our second word, holiness. In an unholy world, there's nothing quite as powerful as a consistently lived holy life. And when you choose, through the power of the Holy Spirit, to live a life of holiness, you are speaking to the world the language of victory. Well, one more word and we're done. We've had excellence, we've had holiness. Here's the final word. And the word is witness. <laughs> witness. <laughs> and here's one last scripture. From uh, Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 2, verses 14 and following. Do everything without complaining or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault, in a crooked and depraved generation, in which you shine like the stars in the universe, as you hold out the word of life. God has called us to bear testimony to his truth in the world. In 2015, the NCCAA National Basketball Championships were held here in Joplin, Missouri. Now, don't miss uh, the, what I just said. It wasn't the NCAA. Uh, our, our college plays in the NCCAA, the National Christian College Athletic Association. And there were 25, 30 different teams from all around the United States here in the Joplin area competing for a week up until the ultimate championship game. And uh, at the beginning, they had a big banquet for all the teams and all the coaches and managers and uh, and uh, lo and behold, they asked me to uh, give the address that evening. <laughs> and coach, our coach, Coach Lamb, was in charge of uh, the banquet. He said, don't get a big head, Terry. Uh, my first and second choice couldn't do it, so you're number three. So, uh, so that, that uh, put me in my place. But uh, I prepared a message and uh, went to the banquet. And at the banquet, one of the trustees of the NCCAA was there with a family friend. <laughs> he had brought former NBA and Duke uh, basketball star Christian Leitner with him. Now, many of you remember Christian Leitner played for Duke University under Coach K, won two national championships while he was there, and then went on to play in, in a, a number of teams in a 13-year career in the NBA. Christian Leitner... <laughs> is six feet, 11 inches tall. And uh, he just came along as, as a guest that evening, but when all the, uh, all the basketball players at the tournament saw him, oh my lands, uh, he, uh, he made quite a stir. And uh, the trustee of the association came up to me before the uh, banquet and proceedings started, and he said, are you the special speaker for the evening? And I said, yes, I am. And he said, well, you need to know something. At, the, at this time, uh, Christian is not a Christian. He said he's been a friend of our family for years and years, but, but he has never made a personal commitment 
to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I said, wow, well, what, what can I do? <laughs> and the trustee said, here's, here's what I want you to do when you preach <laughs> the, uh, the uh, message this evening, when you give the uh, banquet speech, I want you to talk about the gospel and I don't want you to hold anything back. <laughs> and so uh, during, the, uh, during the banquet, and I sat right next to Christian Leitner, He's taller sitting down than I am standing up. Uh, and uh, and uh, I rewrote some things in my mind. And near the end of my speech that evening, I, I said these words. I said, when your playing days are over, what will you ultimately be remembered for? After all, when everything's said and done, if you've won an NBA championship, it's, it's only a game. If you hit a home run in the World Series in the ninth inning of the seventh game and win it all after everything is said and done, it's only a game. You throw a touchdown pass the final seconds of the Super Bowl to win it all. When, when the lights go down and everybody goes home, after, after it's all said, it, it is really only a game. And so when your playing days are over, what is it that you're going to be remembered for? I'm a fan of David Robinson, NBA player. He was voted one of the 50 greatest players in NBA history. His uh, a graduate of the United States Naval Academy, his basketball awards and honors would take me five minutes to uh, recount. However, David Robinson is perhaps even more famous for being an extremely vocal Christian what a lot of you don't know is that midway through his NBA career, uh, David Robinson founded an academy in San Antonio called Carver Academy, named after George Washington Carver, a K through sixth grade school where African American, Hispanic, uh, and other minority uh, young people could come and get a quality education and also a spiritual quality education and be introduced to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, paid for most of the school and most of the salaries right out of his NBA uh, uh, contracts. And uh, the school has been a haven of hope and faith, helping underprivileged young people find not only a good education, but faith in Jesus as Savior and King. At the end of his career, uh, Coach uh, Greg Popovich once said, David Robinson is not just the greatest basketball player I've ever coached. He's the greatest man I've ever met. And I can only hope that my own children will one day grow up to be the type of man that David Robinson is. Gang, when you live a life of witness, you're speaking the language of victory. And you don't have to be famous in order for that to take place. A good friend of mine told me this story from uh, going to the Great Sturgis Motorcycle Rally. Uh, he and a friend had uh, gone to the Buffalo Chip Campground, which is out uh, east of the uh, little town of Sturgis, and uh, usually they've got about 20,000 people camped out there. And uh, it's not uh, the most savory 
of campgrounds, but they were camped there and thought that they might uh, have opportunity to witness to some people. And uh, when, you, when you check in, they give you a little bracelet uh, so that when you get go in and out the gate, they know you've paid your fee. And uh, my friend uh, was pulling in with, uh, with another friend, uh, and uh, they had uh, their uh, Christian Motorcyclist Association vests on with the colors of the CMA on the back, and, but they, their bracelet had fallen off. And uh, they'd stopped at the uh, gate, and the gatekeeper said, uh, Where, where's your bracelet, guys? And they go, it, it must have uh, come off while we were riding. We, we paid yesterday for the whole week. And the guy uh, said, well, you, you don't have a bracelet, you don't get in, you've got to repay. Well, that's a lot of money we don't want to repay. And so this was going back and forth at the gate of the, of the Buffalo Chip. And uh, there, were, there was a hell's angel sitting over by the gate, leaning up against his uh, bike, waiting for the rest of his group to come on out. But he was watching what was going on. And... Uh, my friend said he left his bike and he walked on over to where they were having their conversation. And the hell's angel tapped the gatekeeper on the, uh, on the back. And of course, he had on his hell's angel colors. And uh, he said, listen, buddy, you see the patch on the back of these guys? Christian Motorcyclist Association. These guys stand for something. These guys are the good guys. If they say they've paid, they've paid. So are you going to let them in or are we going to have some trouble right here and right now? <laughs> and my friend said, the gatekeeper stood aside and gave them new bracelets and into the campground they went. <laughs> What's that story all about? Well, here's a fella that really probably isn't very interested in serving Jesus at this moment in his life as Lord and Savior, who's one of the one percenters. He's one of the one of the uh, members of uh, probably the most famous outlaw group in America. And yet, he understood what Christians were all about. The Christians had honor, they had integrity, they told the truth, and that they served the biking community. And he understood that, and uh, it made a difference in his life. So there, there's our Three words, guys. Excellence, holiness, and witness. You make those a part of your life and you will be speaking forever the language of victory. God bless you today. Be safe out there. Well, once again, I want to say thank you to Terry Boland for sharing that message about victory and the language of victory. Hey, if you've joined us today and you said, you know what, I want to have victory and the victory of Christ in my life. Maybe you haven't ever made a first-time decision to follow Jesus. I would love to encourage you to make that choice for the first time today. If you're making a decision like that, would you let us know by clicking that connection card link? And on that link is a spot where it says you're taking a next step. And one of the next steps is I'm making a first-time decision to follow Jesus. I would love to know you're making that choice and making that decision. I would love to help you as you 
take this path, as you take a hold of the victory that Christ wants to give you. Uh, maybe you've made that decision and, and you would like to make a decision to get baptized and follow up with a next step. There's also a spot on that card where you can mark that you would like to get baptized and take that next step. You know, we have at our in-person services on August 22nd, we have planned a Baptism Sunday. And if you want to take part in Baptism Sunday, maybe you want to come to an in-person service. We're going to do an outdoor baptism in Rock Creek right here in Vernonia. After our second service, we're going to go over and we're going to have a special baptism service. And it's going to be great. It's going to be a great day. And uh, so if you want to be a part of that, let us know. You want to get baptized and we'll communicate with you and help you uh, help you line that up. Maybe you are joining us and you're you're not here uh, physically able to be here to do to take part in that baptism Sunday but you would like to get baptized and maybe even that's the Sunday you want to do it and you can join us in that way and I will I will help you connect with someone wherever you are I'll try my best to help you connect with someone who can help you uh, get baptized on that Sunday and so let us know if that's a decision you would like to make uh, I would also like to encourage you uh, to really take a hold and take a opportunity to let us know how we can be praying for you. Use those connection cards to do that too. And you can let us know if there's anything we can be praying for you about. Maybe a family struggle that you need victory in. Maybe a church struggle that you need victory in. Maybe a personal struggle that you need victory in. Whatever it is, I would love to be praying for victory in your life and love to be partnering with you in prayer in that way. Uh, so, so please make sure that you're taking advantage of that. And hey, I just want to mention quick too, if you are joining us and you've been with us all this time and you want to help support the ministry that we're doing, especially the online ministry, uh, or if you just want to support Vernonia Church and the ministry of outreach that we're doing in general, uh, you can do that. And there are a lot of ways you can do that. But one of the easiest ways you can do that is there's also a link on uh, where you can click and it's a link that takes you to give to Vernonia. It'll take you right to our website and you can click that. Uh, if you don't see the link, the, the, the website is www.vernonia, that's V-E-R-N-O-N-I-A dot church. And you can go to that website. There's a, there's a give tab there. You can click that give tab and, and it will bring up a, our Tithely account and you can set up giving there. You could set it up automatically to give every week give bi-weekly, give monthly. You could set it to be as little or as high as you want in terms of the amount that you want to give. And I just want to encourage you, if you want to help support this ministry or if you want to give back to God and worship Him through giving, you're welcome to join us in doing that. We all do it every week, and so you're welcome to join us in that as well. Uh, you could also text to give. You could, I mean, there are all kinds of ways that you can give, but today I'll just highlight going online and doing it that way. Uh, okay, so that said, I want to pray with you and ask you to pray with me for the ministry of Vernonia Church and our outreach that we would be helping people come to know victory in Christ together. So let's pray for Vernonia Church. Father in heaven, we want to pray that you would use the ministry of Vernonia Church. We want to pray that you would use this online teaching time to reach people, to help people come to know you, to 
to teach and disciple people as we make choices and take next steps to follow you. God, I pray that these messages will reach out and touch the the exact people you have intended them for. I pray that the message will bring encouragement to people that need it, that they will bring, uh, Father, that they will bring about conviction to people that need it. They will bring about a blessing and healing to people that need it. But And today especially, Father, I pray that the message today will bring about victory and a sense of victory, a feeling of victory, a desire for victory, and, and, and God, just the language of victory, that it would be at work in, in us. That the power of the resurrected Christ and the victory that he brings will be at work in us. God, I want to pray for all those who are going to make first-time decisions. God, I pray for your forgiveness and your grace. God, I, I know that all of us are fallen. We're all sinful people. We're all broken people that need Jesus to bring about grace and forgiveness and victory in us. And so, God, we, we invite that into our life. And God, I pray for those that need to make their next steps, whether that next step is repentance and they look at a broken part of their life and they say, I'm going to claim victory in this area and and I'm going to repent and I'm going to turn around and and I'm going to say no more to to the world and the things of the world, but but I'm going to say victory in Jesus and start walking with him. I pray that, that, that if there are those here today that need to repent, that they would repent. And I pray... Father, for those that are going to need to make the next step decision to get baptized, I pray that you will bless Baptism Sunday, that, that many people, many more people will make decisions to get baptized on that day. And I, I pray for uh, those who are listening online that, that need to make a decision to get baptized, that they would do it, God, that you would help them follow through with their next step. God, I pray that you would just be at work through this church, that you would be at work through the ministry and the messages, and, and you would be at work in the, in the congregation, bringing about a, a, a revived sense of victory. It's in Jesus' name we all pray and said together, amen. Well, I want to say once again, thank you so much for joining us for our online worship time. I want to finish up the way we do every Sunday and just invite you at the count of three to declare it's been a great day. If you can, if you're in a place where you could do it, uh, we're declaring it's been a great day because God has blessed us and spoken to us and challenged us and encouraged us. And then we're declaring it's going to continue to be a great day because I'm going to take a hold of the things that God has brought to me today. So on the count of three, one, two, three, it's been a great day day. I hope you have a great day and I look forward to being with you next week.